Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're watching Peak to Pit. This is Allie Peak, TJ Pittinger coming at you. Uh, college football season is over, but never fear. There are always sports to talk about. TJ, how was your much, weekend? How are the kids? It was good. It was good. Much better than 2020 when we didn't have sports to talk about. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, football's over, but I watched FSU beat Duke last night, and then I flipped over the Lightning and saw them win in LA. So it was a late night, but it was good. I also like that intro music that just started playing on the uh, – Whatever that was, I don't know if it was on your phone or computer or it something. Was on my like phone. Some kind of, yeah. some kind of intro. I kind of like that. It sounded kind of like a, I don't know what that was, but anyway. Well, I'm reading. I was reading an article and I apparently. I hate the autoplay. Yeah, it's, it's awful. The worst. Uh, how was your weekend? It was good. So we um, actually went up to Gainesville on Sunday. Uh, UF was competing against Alabama in a dual meet, which this was actually the very first women's gymnastics dual meet that was broadcast on national television, which is pretty cool. So it was broadcast on ABC, um, Alabama. I want to say it was like the 10th or 11th team in the country. Florida's number two and hit was amazing. We actually saw three perfect tens, which is not something that happens. Reminds often. myself. Um, say that again. Reminds myself. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> doesn't happen often in women's gymnastics. Actually. Um, we saw Trinity, uh, Trinity Thompson get two perfect tens, one on the uh, vault and then one on the floor. And the floor was really cool because um, Florida had floor as their last rotation. Alabama had the beam. And the way that dual meets work is that, like, somebody goes on one apparatus, the other team goes on the other apparatus back to back, and you, um, you have six girls go and they count five of the scores. So essentially right. you can drop your, your lowest score. Um, anyway, so Bama was on beam, Florida was on – floor uh the last rotation and with two girls to go florida was down um three tenths of a point which in gymnastics is a pretty big gap and you know florida had two to go but alabama also had two to go and um florida got a perfect 10 on the floor um it was a girl that had never gotten a perfect 10 before so that was uh you know a, a big deal florida has something called the stick chain which my daughters think is like the coolest thing in the whole world. I think totally corny, but you know, whatever. The it's like cool a turnover chain. Yeah. Kind of thing. If you like stick well, like your it. routine, you hit your routine, you have this, well, you know, it fun for kids. It makes it really fun for, for the girls. So anyway, so she gets the stick chain. It's pretty damn cool. So then, um, Ford has got their last girl, girl to go Alabama. Meanwhile, on, on floor, um, Florida gets a second 10 in a row, which is, which is pretty, incredible it doesn't happen off it was literally a walk-off 10 um back-to-back 10s don't happen the girl that alabama had on the beam though got a 995 which is an incredible yeah. beam score too and that i almost felt bad for this girl because it got completely overshadowed by the fact that you know the apparatus next door there is a 10 going on but a 995 is pretty incredible um so florida won by 0. 0.075 um, wow. with those two perfect tens. So, I mean, it's just as close as it could possibly be. The people sitting behind us are like, we've gone to every home meet for 35 years. We have never seen this happen. Um, and it was just, it was a really fun environment. I think if I've been to a gymnastics meet, it would have been in college. So it's been a really long time, but there is a rowdy reptile section, which was completely packed. They have signs, they have flags, they go nuts. They know every, um, 
Florida floor routine has a spot in it where there's a gator chomp. Um, the entire student section knows what spot in that routine has the gator chomp and does it with them, which was, you know, really cool and fun um, to see there's like pyrotechnics going on in, in uh, when the team gets announced, they do the same thing they do with basketball where the lights all go dim and you know, whatever, then there's some kind of light show is in the O'Connell center. It's in the O'Connell center. It was sold out, which, um, I would assume doesn't happen particularly often for gymnastics meets. Um, but it's just really fun, really cool. Um, not have much with basketball with the environment. Well, years. certainly not lately. Um, but it was just, it was really neat. It was a really cool thing to bring the kids to. They loved it. Do the, um, do the girls know like all the stuff they're doing? Like, do they, you know, like, or most of it? Cause they're in gymnastics too. Like, yeah. do they, you know, I know they're not going to pick can't every do it, thing But out. they, they do know what most things are. Um, but they're, you know, blown away by it because they're you know so the first couple of levels of gymnastics level. so yeah. they're doing like run up back handsprings and stuff in their gymnastics routine so then seeing you know yeah this incredible stuff they think it is you know the coolest thing in the, the whole world thing. i was kind yeah. of excited because we have a lot of tall gymnasts which i'm always thinking to myself like man we're spending all this time and effort and money and my kids are going to be way too tall for college <laughs> gymnastics but maybe not well, yeah maybe the little girls will be good maybe they'll be yeah they might be good uh, how, too. They're I not. Just, they're not super tall for their age, right? They're still kind of little. They are tall now. They're really tiny, uh, like weight wise. They're, they're tiny. Yeah. They're skinny, but they. But how many are super tall for their age? Yeah. So. So, um, yeah. So I'll, I'll, we'll talk about this, and then we'll move on. But yeah. So also exciting. Last night, FSU played Duke, and uh, I try to tell myself, I don't know. I try to tell myself like to not. And I think football, I've actually done a good job of it. Like even when it is the big games and stuff like that. And it's hard at times, but I've done a good job of like not getting so invested to where like, I'll be like when we lost to Notre Dame, I wasn't really that upset. When we lost to Florida. I wasn't really that upset. Just, okay. We were the worst team today. Like not a big deal. Yeah. You didn't get blown out. I wouldn't call either of those like heartbreakers. I guess when you lose in overtime, it's not fun. Yeah. Anyway, I was into this FSU Duke last game last night. It went to overtime. We had a big lead with like three or four minutes to go and blew it. Um, Duke went to his own and we couldn't do anything with it. It goes to, we score with like a second left to send it to overtime. It goes to overtime. They had the lead through most of it. And then we took the lead in the end and ended up winning. And uh, it was freaking incredible. But I was like jumping on the, like it would have been bad if we'd have lost. Cause I was yeah. very invested in this game and I don't usually do that, but I feel like when you're okay. So like when you're just playing anybody, like who cares, but we're not right. great this year. We're unranked. Right. It was Duke. Yeah. You know, who is top five. Right? Play the upset. Works good with that. Yeah, it was a ton of fun. Um, and like I said, they're not great this year. They've right. lost some games they really shouldn't have. They took, I mean, they lost to Florida, who also is not good, but just they're really, yeah. really young and they don't have like that superstar they've had the last couple of years. And so it feels like they're kind of figuring things out right now. Like I do think if Florida played Florida State right now, I, I do think Florida State would win because, I mean, I, I looked at it right now. I think Florida's down by 10, yeah. and they've just been kind of on a terrible streak. But um, it's always fun to be Duke. I mean, who doesn't like doing that? So right. um, I got pretty into that last night. Um, also this weekend – all right, we'll get into this. Uh, went to the Bucks game. Yeah. That was a lot that of fun. Was it was one. cold yes. outside. I didn't love that. Uh, yeah. But I was given free tickets. Spoiler, okay. if anyone – I. We have plans this weekend, but somebody offered me tickets again this for this weekend. And I was like, uh, it was um just like face value. So like they were yeah. good tickets, but like or a good deal on tickets. I don't know. Right, I don't right. Know what section they were in. But I was just like, oh, I've got plans, 3 p.m. game. I don't want to do this two Sundays in a row. I'm just too old for this. Um, but not even a close game, just like absolute domination. I guess it got to within two scores at the end. Like it was like a 15 point game, but like they never had the ball with a chance to like do anything. Um, yeah, I think it's going to come down to Tampa Bay and Green Bay again. Like, yeah, we play the Rams this weekend. Um, Who I mean, looked darn good against Arizona. They beat them thirty-four yeah, eleven. Uh, LA is the only team that has beaten the Bucks twice since uh, Tom Brady came to town. Ooh. Well, the Saints have done it four times, but um, the Saints have won four times against them. Have they? I don't know yeah, why they I won thought... both. They've won. They've won every regular season game, and then they lost in the playoffs. Well, whenever that was mentioned on whatever ESPN <laughs> thing lied. I was watching, they lied. Yeah, yeah the Saints lost. Or the Saints won both of them this year and both last year. Um, but uh, yeah, no, the Rams have been really good, and the Rams are just so hot and cold. Which I guess the Bucks are too. Like the Bucks, 
somewhat struggled with the Jets, like took a last second drive to beat like the terrible Jets. And, you know, when the Bucks right. are hot, they're hot. When they're not, they're not. Right. And that's, you know, pretty obvious. But I do think the the Rams are definitely scarier than the Eagles. Right. Because Jalen Hurts is terrible and couldn't hit the broadside of a barn on Sunday. And I don't think Stafford's going to be like that. Like their offense. So like yeah. what, what scares me is their offense is a lot better than Philly's. Like Philly's right. offense. I think. What well, do we go up? We went up By 17 the way, I just to nothing. This. The only team other than the Saints is what uh, I okay. read. But yeah, to have, beaten, say. to have beaten the Bucks twice. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. The Rams are a lot better um, yeah. than the Eagles are. Um, yeah, yeah. Like the Eagles were terrible. If the Bucks went up seventeen to nothing. I literally looked over at my buddy and said, "I don't think we have to score again." And we didn't. We won seventeen yeah. to fifteen. Like it yeah. just wasn't even, you know, we didn't have to score again. And so the Rams were a lot better. Uh, the Rams beat the Bucks this year. I I think it was close though. What was the? Did you see um, the Rams? Yeah, I was looking Bucks. it up at, at 34-24 in September. Um, but everything I've read basically, and I don't remember that far back, was that it wasn't as close as it sounded. Um, it wasn't as close as it sounded. Right. Uh, they were, yeah, they were up 31 um, to 14 that, at one point. And then we scored. Yeah, we Tampa scored late. had a lot of yardage trying to close that gap in the second half. Um, yeah. And the Bucks it was really 31, were able to run the ball. 31 17 at one point, 34 17 at one point, or 30, yeah, 34 yeah, 17. And then we scored with a minute to go to cut it to 10. So, yeah, we weren't yeah. even, we weren't right. even close uh, in that one, it looks like. Um, so we'll see. Their offense is really, really good. Fortunately, the game's in Tampa, which helps out a lot. You know, yeah. I think if you you have to travel to the West Coast, sure. I think that's tough. There were um, a lot of um, injuries that game in September too. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul didn't play. Antonio Brown didn't play. Uh, Gronk left with broken ribs. Um, yeah. Which so. they've still got to fight with some of that injury stuff. They yeah. lost two offensive linemen in the Eagles game. I expect both of them to play this weekend they're i think they're both listed as questionable somebody could correct me on that i think one's questionable one's probable so yeah. but i i think they'll both give it a go but like will they be 100 percent? and then godwin's obviously out ab obviously no longer with the team gronk back and mike evans back which you yeah. know when, when you've got those two weapons well it, the, it's the whole line i excuse. mean if brady has time to throw i don't think that there's an issue it's just whether that's the difference gonna have time right. to throw when he has time to throw, the weapons, even with some of those guys that are hurt, right. like or AB being gone or Godwin being out for the year, like right. if you have time to throw and you have Mike Evans and you have Rob Gronkowski on your team, like right. you there's no, no excuse. excuses, right? right. Like you, but the teams that have had success against the Bucks this year, the Saints, great defensive line, got pressure on Brady all right. night, right? right? The Rams, um, great defensive line, got pressure on Brady all night. The Bills, good defense. They the the Bucks won that one, but you know kept it close with a really good defense. So like, yeah. if Brady has time, almost right. well. And the Rams were missing their top two safeties um, for last week's game against Arizona. Uh, uh, Taylor Rapp, he has got to get through concussion protocol. So in theory, he's back. But Jordan Fuller's the other one, and he's out for the season. So no matter yeah. what, they're down one starting safety, potentially down two starting safeties, and that's something yeah. that uh, Brady's going to pick apart better than Kyler Murray's going to pick apart. For sure. And I also think that, you know, it comes down to, you know, the Eagles weren't going on offense, but, you know, to their credit, they weren't going on defense either. So, uh, you know, uh, the Rams are better on offense, are better on defense. Um, You know, Jalen Ramsey is probably the, I think, uh, you know, what I see, AJ Green, you know, had three targets and no catches last week. And I don't know if Jalen shuts down um, Mike Evans like that, but Jalen's, you know, a top two or three cornerback in the league. And so if he limits Mike Evans and the defensive line kind of gets after it, it could be kind of trouble, but yeah. our defense has been really good at times too, you know? And so it's like, well, if they can get after Stafford, the same, the same kind of exists. So I don't know. There's a reason it's a three point game. Yeah. I truly think that it could go. I mean, basically Vegas telling you on a neutral field, either, you know, it's a coin flip. Um, I mean, I don't think, you know, you don't really bet against Brady. Too right. often. No. I think the Bucks will pull it out. I actually yeah. think if they get through, I think Green Bay probably has the advantage the next week because you have to go up there and play. But right. they won last week too, so or last year too, so who knows? But I do think um I do think uh where am I at? I have no idea. You do think I the Bucks do think win. the Bucks win. I think the Bucks win. 
but yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked either way. Like, yeah. I, you know, my like, I think the Bucks win, and that's like a sixty percent confidence. So, like, I'm yeah. just slightly better than a coin flip. Yeah. Um. Do you remember? So I remember watching it at my house, nine years okay. old, when we played in 1999. Um, actually, the playoffs would have been the the 2000 year, uh, or like the calendar would have flipped. No, junior, okay, so that would have been the, my freshman year of high school. The um, Bird Emanuel play. We played the Rams up there. We actually took a two nothing lead on a safety to start the game, and then I don't. Sean Maybe King was the quarterback, five. right? Sean King was the quarterback through – I think we were down f- – no, it was 13-9, to nine, I think. 13-9 was the final score. Did we score once? I, I'll have to look it up. 99, 99 Rams. No, it would have been a 2,000 Rams. Bucks. Right, right. But I think it's it'll pull up on Google. But you're right. That's the one. Um, final score – I don't know. Why isn't this showing me? I, I think it was 13 to nine, but I could be wrong on that. Maybe it was like 11 to it was 11, maybe it was 11 to six. What? No, we got a safety. What I is thought. This? 11 um, to six. It was 11 to six. I just looked it up. Okay. All right. So talk about a terrible NFC championship at 11 to six, but I yeah. do remember a controversial with Bertamate, the Bertamate yeah. play where they ended up changing the rule. He caught the ball. It never touched the ground, but it did bobble. Yeah. And, they called that incomplete, and it was obviously a catch. They ended up changing the rule the next year, but that didn't end up helping us. Right. It would have been like a first and – I think it was down to the 15 or so. So, like, it would have been like first and 10 from the 15, touchdown wins it, and uh, didn't end up going our way. Um, frustrating, but a little chance for uh, payback this weekend. Actually, you know the Rams are the other team in, in uh, 79, they lost to the Rams. Um, I wasn't around for this one. But in 1979, they lost to the Rams um, in the NFC Championship game as well. So some history that can kind of be avenged. Or we may go on three. I mean, we'll see. <laughs> I think the Rams would beat us both the last two. Oh, yeah, you just said that. Only team besides the Saints to beat us twice. So yeah, I don't know, kind of have our number, but we'll see if things change or not. Hey, um, have you turned down uh, a job offer to be Miami's offensive coordinator? Uh, have they offered well, our, you as our well? Our meeting's tomorrow. So, okay. I mean, I will be turning it down, but okay. I am going to at least hear them out to see if they actually, if they throw that 1.6 million uh, that we heard about to me too, but. um, Pretty embarrassing. Like, okay. So, you know, a lot of coaches end up having to go with the second option. There were, you sure, know, they've talked sure. about guys that Florida State's wanted. They've talked about guys that Napier wanted in the NFL that haven't come. Right. Like, it's not uncommon for a coach to get turned down. I think you just didn't right. hear about it as much in the past because like not everything is like source wars and people right. telling you every single step and right. know, probably happened way more. Well, social media, than- like the news is 24 seven, right? Yeah. We hear everything. Most programs have tons of leaks. Um, and if it's not the program offering, it's the program who's getting interviewed, you know, like they're just, yeah, we hear about it, but I mean, Miami doesn't have an offensive or defensive coordinator right now, right? We're a month into Cristobal's hire. We're less than a month from or three weeks, two weeks from National Signing Day. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, Miami fans, I don't understand for a couple of reasons. I've seen so many people say, we haven't offered anybody. When we offer someone, we'll get our guy. I don't know that not having offered anybody an offensive and defensive coordinator a whole month into your you know, your job is any better than the top guys you went after having turned you down. Like, how is it that doesn't make when you're on the clock for National Signing Day, look, any guys that you are in play for care about the system you're going to be sure. running. They care about who your offense and defensive coordinator is. Your defensive coordinator depends, like determines the type. Are you running a four, three? Are you running a three, four? What are you those? And if you're one of those players that that affects, you want to know before you commit, right? So it's not by design that Miami doesn't have coordinators right now. That's just an asinine lie, essentially, that Miami fans are telling them themselves right now. It is not by design. And if it is by design, you should be really concerned about your new right. head coach. Well, it's, you know, and I don't know. I mean, there's a reason that, um, you know, I know that there's always been so much clamor around Mario Cristobal mm-hmm. and, you know, if he ever comes back to Miami, it's good. And I do think that he'll do a good job recruiting. He's a uh, great recruiter. He was a you know, great but there's a hire reason, for Miami. 
But there's a reason why he he's under 500 or what's he 62 and 60, you know, as a, as a head coach, he um, was gifted, you know, a, you know, we remember we talked about this with the, uh, with the Cajuns thinking that their cover got robbed when Taggart left Oregon to come to Florida state Taggart thought that he was going to hire everybody. Like we thought we were getting Oregon staff, which would have been Jim Levitt, Mario Cristobal, like, would have been a great staff. Um, but Oregon ponied way up because they have the resources, unlike Louisiana. Oregon ponied way up, and Taggart couldn't bring any of those guys. And so not that Taggart was doing anything like impressive in Oregon by any any means, but they kept the nucleus all together. And Cristobal got to like take that over and yeah. got to really inherit a good Oregon program. While the Pac-12 was down, he was terrible at FIU. He's not a great on-field coach by any means. He's gotten blown out by Utah the last couple of times that that we've you know that we've seen them go up against each other. And so I think there's this thought that like Mario Cristobal is the second coming of Nick Saban. And I understand the optimism around a hire. Very rarely, once a hire happens, is there not like Fans will spin anything into a positive. Oh, and really, time is the ultimate percent. test. Like, sure. no one knows if Cristobal or Napier or uh, uh, Norvell or just any of the, you know, Brian Kelly or, you know, right. anyone is going to be like, the time will tell us. In three pudding, years, we'll know. Right. 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 Yeah. And, but like, for them to think that like this was like the days of, you know, old coming back with the well, Cristobal, listen, I, I just don't know what that the was. The odds that you are hiring the next Nick Saban are. One percent. Like, there's not. You're not. The, the odds are against that, regardless of what program you are. Whether you're Florida, whether you're uh, Miami, whether you're LSU, whatever it is, the odds that you are hiring a coach that will be as successful or even nearly as successful as Nick Saban are next to nothing. The thing about Chris Ball that's interesting is that, like, okay, so at Oregon, he had all of the resources that he could ever imagine in terms of Phil Knight and Nike. And he did decently well recruiting there, right? They never really won anything that mattered. So that, so with all of those recruits, with all of that financial support, with all of the Nike brand, I don't really know that he had a whole lot to show for it with all of that. Now you're coming to Miami. We've had Miami fans tell us for the last couple of months that they're rich, which maybe they, maybe they are, and they just can't get anybody to take their money. But I don't know that they have a, as much money as they want us to believe that they have B they still have a problem with infrastructure, their stadium being 45 minutes from campus and, you know, a whole host of other problems. So they are still not, in my opinion, at the moment, a premier destination. Now they happen to be located in the most talent rich two zip codes in the country, probably. And they are in an area that if they harness NIL the right way, could be one of the best places in the country to be from that perspective as well. But they haven't actually done those things yet. So I think that Cristobal could be a great piece of the puzzle, right? But there's still a lot of work to be done. So to act like all of a sudden they're the most premier destination in the entire country for both athletes and coaches, just because of the hire you made, doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah. Miami has always been a more, um, the city of Miami has always been more attractive of a destination than Gainesville or Tallahassee or Tuscaloosa or Absolutely. Clemson, South Carolina or Athens, the city Georgia. itself. Like, a now, thousand right. percent. Like who? Okay. We love, That's like we love Gainesville, but like me and LA you, like for USC. no, right. No one besides uh, like homers, like fans, like, uh, like we love Tallahassee because what it, we remember the memories or Gainesville, you know, because we remember Rappers aren't like hanging there. out in right. the bars no, in Tallahassee nobody and is, Celebrities aren't, like, you know. Right. And so, but Miami's always had that advantage. Sure. Right? sure. That's not like a but new thing. But they haven't thing. used that advantage. Now, they, right. and they do and a, so like, a great job in general of keeping kids home. It hasn't helped them particularly in the last, you know. Well, they're not keeping decades, the good, they, they're not keeping like the elite ones home. Well, Like right, those kids anymore, are leaving. I guess. You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're keeping like the... There's enough talent in South Florida that you could staff, you could stock that team with other guys still going elsewhere without a problem. There's a ton of talent down there. They get the best leftovers. 
Right. They get but, the best leftovers when when, when Ohio State and Clemson okay. and Bama. Right. They're not yeah, located they're, there. They're way worse than okay. Yeah. They're a you top, know, the they're last a, decade. They're in the range of, you know, when they're when when they're at their best, they're a top they're 15? like a top 15 team. Yeah. yeah. Top 15, top, top 20, right? They're never, you know, they, they may sneak up high. They may be on yeah. a good run. and But, like, they're For never going to establish, like, consistent dominance. They've and, I mean, never we can say the same won thing an about, ACC title since right. they we could, joined the ACC. That's insane. We can say the same thing about Florida. Like, at their best over the last decade, I mean, they're a top 10-ish team, right? Like, maybe I seven, mean, six, I, you know. Over the last decade, I, I mean, that's not that in the same. I don't think that they're in the same boat. No, no, I'm Florida, just saying Florida. we can we can apply the same standard at the at. I mean, Florida State's very best over the last seven, you know, like since the title is. Well, I mean, they did make the playoff the next year, but I mean, same thing. Florida State, they're very best over the last decade. Outside of the time, I mean, it's a little different because they won something. But like, what has Florida done consistently since then? And I mean, you know, none of the. T- my point is that none of the teams are doing well enough, and so Miami just thinking that like their geography is right. is going to be a difference maker is hilarious. Right. Also, I've talked to a lot of people like, so Florida state doesn't recruit Tallahassee uh, very well. Um, yeah. And one of the biggest reasons, even with like all of their struggles and everything that's gone on, I mean, they still got like a number 12 or 13 class right now, which is pretty incredible for a five win season. But right. why are like Florida state doesn't recruit Tallahassee well, because, um, Kids want to go away, right? Right. And why would they not want to go away? Like it's, right. it's Tallahassee. You grew up there. You're going so. And I don't think Miami right. has that problem as much, but I do think that's a factor too. I don't think the kids always want to stay home. Some right. do, but like you went away, your brothers right. went away. I mean, I understand why, but like you know, a lot of people like to get away. So I don't know. I, I think Miami. I like the theory of being far enough away that someone needs to call before they show up. I know, which but is why close I don't enough like where they can't live. To so, you. Like, that's why I don't like living so close to you now. Um, so I don't know, it's it's pretty I don't know. I to watch them go through this. It's not by design. So, any Miami fans that have gotten yourself into thinking that, like, oh, he's just waiting to pull that name out, it's like we know right, if they knew who they were hiring, it would be right. announced because you've got recruiting to do. It is hurting recruiting to not know. This is not a secret that they would keep if they knew who they were hiring, which means they don't know who they're hiring, which means they've whiffed on their hires, which is okay, but it's just delusional to act like that. I mean, and listen, nobody gets the entire staff they want the first choice that's not how college football works but i mean they need to start making some hires soon because this is this is going to be a complete throwaway class otherwise so um i know this is not a troll i have no idea has florida finished their on-field staff there's still Um, i believe that they have finished their on the field staff the only position of note that i haven't seen announced and it may be that it's because it's going to be part of somebody else's responsibilities is special teams um Mm. they we they've not said anything about who will coach special teams i'm pretty sure that there won't be a dedicated special teams coach i don't think number numbers wise there can be um so I'll be interested to see whose responsibility that is, though, because I do think that that makes a big. I mean, I know I'm completely biased as the putter's wife, but I do think that Very special teams so. matter. Um, Florida did hire um, Ty Darlington today as a um, quality control coach, so won't be on the field um, for tight end. He has been at Oklahoma for the last, like, I want to say five seasons. Prior to that, he played at Oklahoma. Um, he has been, I want to say the quarterbacks quality control coach at Oklahoma, which is interesting because they've had a couple Heisman trophies and I'm not saying that your quality control coach is responsible for the Heismans, but he's worked around some great talent and I've hopefully picked up some things during that time. Um, but I think the purpose of this hire is that Ty Darlington's dad is Rick Darlington, who is the head coach at Apopka and has been there for a very, very long time. I, I covered uh, high school football. I actually covered Ty playing for his dad at um, Apopka. And I would say in Central Florida, he's probably the most respected high school coach. Um, He's one of the very most, he's probably top five most well-known high school coaches in the state. Um, His opinion matters when it comes to recruiting. So I think that this was probably 
a move um, for recruiting more so than it was necessarily for anything else. Like let's create a pipeline to central Florida. This is a, um, I think it's a chestnut checkers hire. It's pretty non, not a risk really, you know, to hire a quality control coach, even if he's not, you know, the second coming of, uh, you know, Nick Saban or whatever else, it doesn't really matter. Um, he, interesting enough too, he won the Warfel, the Danny Warfel award in, um, college, which I think is kind of a neat little connection there as well. But when I saw that today, I was like, that is a pretty smart move. And I'm sure, I don't know that most Florida fans would make that connection because most people aren't as into high school football. Um, but I really do think that was the reason for that hire. Smart to come in then. He's got a generational quarterback in Anthony Richardson, um, based on what I've read on I think Twitter he's going to be working with the tight ends. And but... so, um, oh, I thought you oh, – okay. Uh, he works with the quarterbacks at Oklahoma. He's, oh. he's going to be the tight ends quality control at Florida. Um, quarterback, room is so, see... quarterback room is so set right now. Um, now so that Dan Mullen's not there to play favoritism. Um, any yeah. part of Napier's press conference on yeah. Friday? Um, he he had highlights. a press conference, which I mean, uh, highlights. Did he win the press that, conference? I mean, I you know I thought he I did a very good job. Does. Every I mean, he's I think he does decent at press conferences. Not every head coach, I guess, it can say that. There was nothing, in my opinion, that was earth shattering. Um, I know Gator fans uh, didn't love to hear that Emory Jones is sticking around, but he said he felt like um, he said every player gets a fresh start, and that Emory has represented Florida well in terms of how he has handled the quarterback controversy and the things that go on. And I hope that that um, maybe puts to bed Florida fans, you know, saying bad things about Emory Jones. Look like, do I want him to be my starting quarterback next year? If he is, that means that our, our room is really, really bad. But if you're going to trust this new head coach, you have to trust him to do his own evaluations, right? Like that's, that's part of the job. You get to evaluate talent. You don't have to listen to what fans say and start whoever fans tell you to start. Um, he apparently did a 13 day evaluation period with every player on Florida's roster, um, which is pretty in depth and pretty interesting. Um, and today, or I guess yesterday started their like phase one, which they call the foundation, which essentially is off season workouts, which, um, you know, Eric was around for a coaching change. I remember, first off-season workouts with Urban Meyer. They purposefully kill you. They're essentially trying to run off anybody who doesn't buy in 100%. And they're trying to, um, you know, get you into the shape that they want you for the way that they play ball, which is a little bit different for every single coach. So I'll be interested to see at the end of this period if there's anybody that hits the transfer portal, because if I had to guess, I would guess there will be. Um, which, you know, if you don't buy in, then this maybe isn't the place for you right now. Right. Like that's, um, but, uh, it'll be interesting to see going forward how this is. I do feel like Napier seems super duper organized and on top of the ball and has addressed some issues that Florida players have had, have said that they, you know, have been problems for them for, you know, a decade, two decades at this point. So yeah, like what I see so far. Um, yeah, for sure. Like I said, he's got a generational quarterback in that room. And so I feel like you guys are in probably great shape there. And Emory who had, you know, better stats and played better than the generational quarterback. So I don't know how you guys could lose. I think it's smart to take Emory into spring, give him a fresh start. All trolls aside, start smart to take him in. I know that Anthony Richardson is, you know, being facetious when I call him generational, he was not any better than, Emory. In fact, his stats were much worse. I know people say, "Oh, well, you know, Mullen was playing favoritism and you know, blah blah blah." Whatever stats don't. You like. know, he you was, know that I don't think worse. that though. You but, know that I don't so, think that Mullen uh, played but, favorites. I think that's what are the other? What would the other options be? Like, there's no one committed to Florida State. I'm sorry, Florida State, Florida right now. That's a QB. Right. So it's I not mean, like you would like start. So like, I think you need both guys there, if yeah. nothing else, to like push each other through the spring, you know, and then if right. well, maybe Emory transfers them, later, you, or, have, you know. And there's been rumors that Emory is one semester away from finishing his degree. And if that's the case, it's super smart for him to stay for spring, right? Worst, best case scenario, you win the job. Worst case scenario, you have your degree and you can transfer and play immediately right. and, you know, whatever. Like, it doesn't seem like a bad option to play your, you know, cards and see how, just how it plays out for a little bit. Emory knows that, like, again, I, I mean, do you think anybody was think... beating down the portal to get him to transfer there either? 
I mean, probably schools that are well below below Florida's right. like um, you know, pedigree or you know, like right. yeah, right, schools right. that are well below like SEC, maybe group of five even bottom guys of the even bottom sport, of the level. But... Yeah, I mean, even bottom of the yeah. barrel SEC is better than most places, you know. Right. So I think that right. you know, um, yeah, I think you, um, Florida does have a former four star transfer from Ohio State coming in. Um, you know, there's, there's, if I memory, I also look at that room and just say like, Hey, I think I've got to, I mean, I won this room last year with, you know, right. With Mullen, I I go win it again, you know, like I'll, I'll show you guys, you know, or whatever. So, I mean, yeah, when the guys, when people like either are going to put their name in the portal or do put their name in the portal and pull it back out, when people pull their name back out of the portal, it's because they didn't get any good offers. Like they realized like the grass wasn't always greener. Right. Right. Well, he never put his name in, but I can't imagine that there was lots of offers throw it. That would have been thrown his way. Hattie put his name in. Um, Yeah. yeah, I'm excited to see, I'm excited to see him play next year. I hope he starts week one. You know, I'll be interested to see because I, I, I think it's, I think that it's wrong that Florida fans, I think Florida fans are wrong that they think that there was favoritism played in the quarterback room. I don't think, that that oh, is what everywhere. happened. So and, well, right. they do. They think it's everywhere. I don't think it happened anywhere. But, and, and I mean, I think it's different if there's two players who are essentially, you know, interchangeable and one's a senior and one's a freshman. Then fine, play the senior. But I don't think that as a whole, college in general, Mullen or anybody else plays favoritism to an older guy at the expense of their job. That just doesn't right. make any sense at all. I don't, um, I don't think that that's how it works. But I don't, I would love Richardson to be, you know, a future Heisman contender and, you know, maybe one day he will be. I do not, I, I think he's got a lot of growing to happen before we can talk about that. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, um, but I like what I see and I like what Napier's done so far. And I like the guys that he has taken from the transfer portal. I like some of the names that I'm hearing that he's having meetings with in the transfer portal. I like that. I feel like Florida's in the mix for a couple of guys on signing day. That would be huge surprises. Um, factoring in transfers, Florida's up to number 12, which I mean, they were at like 63 three weeks ago. So that's a pretty massive leap. And generally your first class is, you know, whatever you can salvage together kind of thing. And it, uh, so. Yeah. He's done it. Yeah. Having the, having the portal now definitely helps mask some of those first class Mm -hmm. issues. Um, Certainly a bandaid because. Sure. Yeah. um, Though, though Florida. So I was talking to somebody about this the other day, though Florida is 12 in uh, like when you, when you combine both things like portal and um, that, like recruits, you know, being in the thirties and recruiting is more of a, has more of a lasting impact, right? Like the transfers may help you because it's one or two years, right? Yeah. You're, you're only getting one year out of those transfers. If it goes well, it, you know, yeah, guys could stay two years or three years, but then were they that good, right? Like you, you kind of want your transfers to only come in and be there for a year, unless they've only played one year and they need two years to be eligible for the NFL. But you know, like if Jermaine Johnson would have come into FSU and played for two years, yeah. That'd have been bad. Like we wanted him to, you know, be one and done. And so anyway, right. um, and then you kind of have to then, you know, recruit better the next year because you didn't sure you signed well, up 30. You know, but, I think- and he's got guys that could come in and improve that ranking, but at the end of the day, you know, the 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 portal can help you immediately. It's sure. certainly not a long-term fix. So I saw those guys are going to be much um, Saban's first class at Alabama had one eventual All-American in it. Saban's second class had eight eventual All-Americans in it, and then it okay. stayed at eight or more, you know, uh, every season after that. So I think that year two and three are more accurate as to like your your ability recruiting wise. Um, this is just get to get get bodies that you think could potentially help you and get to the next season kind of thing, but I am, um, they signed Osiris Torrance, who is an offensive lineman from Louisiana. He was considered the highest offensive lineman in, he's a guard in the portal. Um, P, uh, was it PPF, PFF, PPF, whatever, um, rated him as the number eight guard in division one football last year. And through their tracking system, he's, he's played in 37 games through their tracking system. They, they say that he's yet to give up a sack. Florida's offensive line was pretty much garbage last year. So he automatically is the best person on Florida's offensive line 
now. Florida got better with that transfer. Um, you know, you still got to recruit some offensive linemen out of high school that are going to be successful for you, but it would be great, especially at a position where it's really hard to come in and start as a freshman. You need a couple of years to develop. It's great to have somebody come in who will be a starter day one um, right. and help out a unit that really needed the help. Um, but I mean, you know, it, time's going to tell, right? Like all the things that are happening off the field are great. And they are things that um, make me optimistic, but the proof will be in the pudding. You can do all of these things. And if you don't win, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter that you pulled these guys out of the transfer. It doesn't matter if you changed the dorms or, you know, the parking or the food or whatever else, if it doesn't translate to wins, you won't be here in right. three years if you don't win. Which I think it's a tough, um, it's definitely a tough road. Um, I think, you know, for Napier to hoe just because of the competition, right? Yes, it's, yes, you know, yes. It's so much tougher there. So yeah, you think about Cristobal's job, right? Winning that division should not Shouldn't be, be hard. incredibly difficult. Right. Now, they've only done it one time in their existence. But right. winning the ACC Coastal should just not be very difficult. Like that right. should not be a, a hard thing at all. Right. Um, winning the SEC East, like if I gave you like – being realistic, like take your Homer hat off for just a minute, right? Like if we were just betting on it, right? Truly betting on it. I think I would pick, and I'm not saying this is what happens. Let's not ask you. Let's back up because I know you're going to be a Homer. Let's ask if you were answering for America, mm -hmm. how many times over the next four years does Florida beat Georgia? I'd say one out of four. I'd say, I'd say they two. win. Yeah, so I think that's being a homer. I think saying saying basically what you're saying with two and two is that we're even with Georgia. We're you know what I'm saying? Like I think I think it's gonna take time to get back. I think Florida fans are gonna have to be patient oh. with that. But I would say I would say 25%. I mean, not only is it Georgia, like just a rival that like you're kind of competitive with, like you're talking the best team in the country, right? So that's I mean, I'd say one out of three, right? Or like one out of four. Like you you win, like I'd say Georgia definitely wins this year, right? Like yeah. I don't think anybody's like thinking that's not the case. Right. And then I would probably venture to guess they win the next year and then Florida becomes competitive. So I probably think splits. it depends on what Georgia does with at quarterback the next year. You know, Stetson Bennett's announced he's coming back for this year. They will have, interestingly, the guy that I think, I that think Pappy 23 to, gave him superpowers. Right? So I think he's going to um, be amazing next year. Interestingly, the, the wide receiver that I think will be the highest uh, – like, I don't know, highest receiving yards wide receiver that comes back for Georgia, just enter the transfer portal, which is interesting. But, um, you know, in, in theory, uh, Georgia's offense should not be that different next year. I think that Georgia definitely wins. I think the next year, depending on what happens at quarterback, there's an opening there, um, de depending. But it, a lot of it depends on what Florida does, right? Like, yeah. we can look and say Georgia could be down because they could be breaking in a freshman quarterback or a transfer quarterback or whatever. But, uh, you know, it depends on what Florida does. I don't think that two out of four is unrealistic pending what we see. I mean, I think I'll have a much better uh, projection after next season. My thought is that the gap is, is wide right now, right? And I'm not saying the gap won't close, but um, the gap certainly isn't going and, – and, and it kind of goes back to recruiting um, – the gap certainly isn't going to like to close this year, right? Like what, no matter even if, if Napier does hit on a couple of big signees or whatever this year, he's not going to have as good of a class as Georgia. I mean, nobody right. but Texas A&M is right. So right. to me, the gap's not going to get any closer this year. And then it may get closer with next year's recruiting class, but is six months of those guys being on campus enough time to, well, eight months of those guys being on campus enough time to, then close that gap a little bit more. So to me, like Napier has to sign a really good class and then start to kind of Develop turn things them. around. And I think that yeah. would happen like in 2023. So yeah. that's where I think like, well, 2023 may have a good class come in, but are you going to rely on all your true freshmen to come out there and beat UGA? Now, if UGA, to me, the only way that Florida comes in and wins more than one out of that four is if UGA kind of falls off like Clemson has. I mean, I'm interested coming, to see how the talent that Florida already has gets developed because we act like these classes were like unranked or something like that. I mean, Florida had 
good classes. They didn't have great classes. They didn't have top five classes, but they had decent classes. And so if these assistant coaches develop talent better than what Florida saw, that's the opportunity to Florida for Florida to be better quicker than Napier's classes getting in. And all of this is a question mark, right? Like there's literally, I mean, we're two days now into off season workouts. So we might know a little bit more at spring, probably not. Um, but I mean, we're, we're literally, we'll know something after this Utah game. We won't know everything, but we'll have, we'll know something. If Florida gets the doors blown off of them by Utah next year is a long season for Florida and the rebuild is a slow process. Florida figure out, figures out how to pull that game off. They potentially get to eight wins and have a decent foundation. I don't think they beat Georgia next year. I'm not saying that they do, but I think we'll have a better idea of, are we looking at a two-year process? Are we looking at a four- to five-year process after week one? Yeah. I think it's it's hard for me to think that um, – a team that didn't finish 500 will close the gap quickly enough. Yeah. Um, well. Especially if Georgia keeps. So that's the other thing. If I think you'd also have to kind of count on Georgia to like fall off a little bit in recruiting. Because if, if I don't know, prior to this what, season, what if, Georgia's gotta, always lost a game. They shouldn't Georgia has always, well, but you're talking about losing one game. Mistakes. They shouldn't. That's so, way different. I, than So yeah, but that's just one way game. different. Georgia has, right. Not has underachieved every season, but this one. And so it was well, this the year the anomaly, they the playoff, did they, this the year they, they the playoff did they underachieve? The year yes. they made the playoff and lost to Alabama when they didn't lose a game until they played Saban? That's not underachieving. There's no way that's underachieving. When they, when they lost to a team that was better than them in the national the championship? talent that they have had, Kirby Smart has underachieved until No, no, no. Moment. I agree with that. I agree with that. He's underachieved overall. But the year they went okay. undefeated and lost to a better team than them, that's not underachieved. Okay. Like, there's well, no way that's underachieved. But it doesn't make Did Oklahoma the underachieve when they true. lost to you guys? But it doesn't make yeah, no, but You, you can just you can year. point to what – okay, most years. All right? Yeah, in general, Kirby Smart has underachieved with the talent that they have. What remains to be seen is, are they now at that level and – they're just going to continue at that, which maybe that's you the expect case. Them to or was that an anomaly that they overachieved this season because they're, uh, you know, Kirby did better than he normally does for himself. I mean, they have the yeah. same level of talent, right? They've got they've, great talent. They're going to sign another top three class this year. Right. And that's the my point. Is that they've they've underachieved on a total, but they haven't really underachieved when it comes to the SEC East. They've underachieved, under they've underachieved as a whole. So as a whole, but not necessarily in the, they, they haven't understand necessarily. Step, Correct. So my point is, I don't think that impacts y'all. Like they're going to draw, you know, like they've underachieved on a whole, but they haven't underachieved in the SEC East. Right. I mean, they've done, they've done that well. I mean, they lost every year. to Florida last year. So they went one and three, which is what I'm saying. They're going to do again the next four years. I don't think that's, you know, I don't think going one and three against your biggest rivals. So let me ask you this. If Florida goes one and four against Georgia over the next three years, was the coaching change worth it? If, if, I don't know. I think there's a bigger okay. Honest opinion, no troll. Um, one in four is really not good, but one in three. So, like, let's say one out of four. Okay, that's right. Okay, okay, one. That's what I meant. One in three. I think there's a bigger mess at UF. Like, no trolling. I think there's a bigger mess at UF than what we think there is. You talked about Georgia's biggest pass catcher leaving. The two guys that led Florida in pass catching touchdowns, Jacob Copeland and. Kimor uh, Gamble also gone off of Florida's roster. So Florida lost some production too, right? It's not just UGA yeah. that's losing. So, you know, I think, I think that might have been addition by subtraction for Florida. Possibly, but you're still losing the production. Because, you're still counting oh, you're on, you're still counting on, sure. you're still counting but on unproven not, guys. To, so to answer your but question. But if you're not bought I in, think, it doesn't no, I'm, I'm not arguing. I'm not saying that it was bad for them to leave. I'm, you're just yeah, asking no, me a question on. So Florida has lost production. Sure. And so... I think it's going to be a little bit tough. I'm not saying Florida goes six and six next year, but I mean, nobody's going to be shocked at seven and five or eight and four. And so it's a tough schedule. Mm A&M, you know, LSU, Utah, uh, Georgia and Utah. That's a four tough games. And then that, you know, Tennessee is going to be better next year. Kentucky Kentucky looks good this year. Missouri Missouri beat beat you guys. South Carolina beat you guys. So I, I think that, you know, it's a little bit tougher. So I guess my point is if he goes one and three, it matters what those, I don't even think the next two games matter against Georgia. 
Like next year you could lose Georgia by 30 and it's like, whatever. They're the best team in the Like what? Yeah. I mean, you don't want that. You don't, I mean, right. obviously you don't want to go get embarrassed. But they're but the reigning national champions. That's and- expected. And then if you lose the next one a little closer, like say you lose it by 14. Okay. Well then we made improvement, right? Like we didn't get blown out. Like again, it's moral victory crap. It sucks. But like, isn't Florida State in a better, like don't you think they feel better right now after not getting blown out by Clemson and Miami and Florida like they did last year? I mean, win or loss, like you'd rather not get blown out. So if you get a little bit closer, if you guys can get a little bit closer to Georgia that next year, and then maybe the next year you do have that quarterback come in, that Trask type moment where a guy just absolutely blows it on fire and they beat him. And then you get that other bump in recruiting and then they may drop the net. But I think it matters what the, the first two I think are losses. Like I've got Georgia winning the next two games. I don't even think that's that crazy of a statement. Um, If the next two look competitive, are competitive, you steal a win in one of them, you barely lose the other, whatever. Like, if they're competitive and if the product in the field looks better, then, yeah, I think it's fine. If you get blown out all four years, yeah, I mean, he's out. You know, like, you you can't lose all four. Part of it will be what else is going on. If Florida loses, you know – three of four, but they, that's their only loss. The last sure. two of those and years, they're just like he way gets more behind. time. Right. But they, uh, I mean, this they, is a, what have you done for me lately? Uh, sure. Moment that we are in, in college football. I kind of hate it because I honestly do think that you need at least four years to implement, if not longer. I mean, four full recruiting classes in would be ideal in, in my mind, but uh, that's not the nature of college football, you know, right now. But it certainly yeah. won't be the nature of Florida just open the wallet larger than you know, wider than they ever ever have. They're going to want to see a return on investment. Sure, I mean, Mullen, even as much as the fan base hated Mullen last year, I mean, he went to the SEC championship his first two years, didn't he? Yes. No, wait, 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 no, 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 neither no, year, just the third no, year. The they third went to, year he went he to New York six bowls the first two years. He went to New York six bowl three years, right? And so I think that if you, if you, that's the other thing. Like if you're Florida, and say that gap between Georgia is as wide as we all probably assume it was. Georgia won the national championship. Florida couldn't right. win the Gasparilla Bowl, right? Like there's a gap there. Like we don't have, like, there's no sugarcoating that. But if Florida can just beat out all the other crappy teams in the SEs, so like we talked about like for Miami, it should be easy to win the division. For Florida, it should be pretty easy to finish second in your division, right? Like, so if Florida can at least beat all the other crap teams, Tennessee, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Missouri, South Carolina, if they can do that and they're winning nine, 10 games a year, I think they're in a much better place. And I think yeah. that's the biggest difference. You know, yeah. Mullen was fine during all that. It became a problem when you start losing to the Kentuckys and the Missouris and the right. South Carolinas of the world. Right. So Florida, it's going to be difficult for Florida to close the gap with Georgia. It's been difficult for Jimbo to close the gap with Alabama. I mean, they beat them this year, but what are they? They're one and three too. Like he's in the yeah. same position that they haven't closed you know, the gap. I mean, they have right. recruiting wise. They they have so but they have not, the same amount of talent, even, but they haven't closed the production. Even gap. the year that they beat them, it didn't mean anything. Right? They didn't do anything with it. They still lost four games. I mean, yeah. So and that's the other side. Napier beats Georgia in year four, but goes eight and four doing it. Well, that's a right, problem. Then, you know, yeah. like you know, like like Jimbo, like. Jimbo's going to get measured soon. And I don't know when it is. I know they're very bought in there and with his recruiting class and everything they've got going on, like seems like he's in a good spot, but what if they go eight and four again this year, what if he right. loses to Napier, what if right. they, what if he lo- gets blown out by Bama again? Right. What if they lose to L? I mean, they lost to LSU this year. That's unacceptable. LSU was terrible this year. They lost to LSU on the last game of the year when they had like 35 scholarship guys playing for like dressing out for LSU. I think they lost to him last year too at the end of the year. After, like, so I don't know, you know, kind of the same thing, you know, like now I don't know who you go out to get to replace Jimbo and you're certain, I don't think they're, I'm not saying Jimbo's on the hot seat or anything like no. that, but I mean, you keep going eight and four. Yeah. Well, eventually it's like a lot of money for him a lot to go, of money eight, and to go eight and four. So I don't know, and, but it's like with every, it's like with everything. Like you said, what are we doing? Like Florida state. I mean, Norvell's going into the year on the hot seat. If they don't go, if they don't win seven games I and mean, he's out, I mean, six yeah. and six is not good enough. Right. If he doesn't win seven games. He's out. I think he needs to win eight. I, and the reason why, I, I don't think he gets fired at seven and five, but I think he needs to win eight games because if he doesn't, then the next year is it's it's nine or nothing, right? And right. I, I think it'll just be too big of it. So I, I think Norvell needs to win eight games this year, you know? Yeah. And so I think he survives with seven. But, you know, there's nobody on the schedule, that I, you know, and that's the diff- little bit of difference, obviously, between 
you know, your schedule and ours, <laughs> right? We, we think that, I mean, unless we just kind of last year was a complete anomaly for Clemson and they are really just as great as they always have been. There's not a game on the schedule. That's not winnable. The problem is there's not a game on the schedule. That's not losable. I've you saw the chat, you know, they could, they could lose, they could go in. I mean, they won't go in 12 and they won't go, but like they could win any game on the schedule on a great day and they could lose any game on the schedule on a bad day. That's right. kind of the problem with all of the teams in the big three right now is that there right. is no consistency. We play up to who we play up to. Florida State plays really well when they have to play Notre Dame on primetime. They play really well when they go to Clemson. And then they play Jacksonville State and get their, you know, get embarrassed there. Florida right. plays really well when they play, well, I don't know, Florida plays really Alabama. Well, you know, Alabama early in the year. But then they play Sanford and give up 50 something right. points and a half. And you're just like, what right. in the world? Miami does the same thing, you know? Yeah. Blow out North Carolina. Um, no, they lost to North Carolina, but blow out one team and lose to Florida State the next week, who obviously is not great, you know? So right. I don't know. I think it's just a problem with the the entire big three right now. And so anyway, uh, Miami just lost a DB coach uh, to Alabama. <laughs> like Saban just posted. Oh, is it? Uh, uh, Tavares Robinson. Yes. Okay. So he's a Gator. Um, well, now he's, I actually was he's upgraded. Hoping, he's upgraded yeah. his life because. I was kind of hoping, yeah, honestly, that T-Rob was going to end up on this staff because he is a very good coach. Miami probably just lost their second best uh, coach there. So, And he's, um, a great, he's a great recruiter, and he's got great South Florida ties. So I'll, we'll, we'll talk about this, <laughs> then we'll get out of here. But The rich get richer. Um, I know, right? So close the gap to Georgia, and then you get to face Alabama <laughs> after that. Like, oh. Um, one one giant at a time. Um, yeah. What got to uh, mow our own grass first, as uh, Napier would say. So um, reports coming out that if Harbaugh's offered the Vegas job, he'll take it. What do you think about Jim Harbaugh? I like it. I love. Um, I love it because I don't think. I don't think his stock is ever going to be higher. I don't yeah. think they beat Ohio State next year. And I, I'll just say this. I know nothing about the two rosters. I know nothing about who's coming back. This is a little bit of a down year for Ohio State and an up year for Michigan. So, like, if, if just trends would tell us. Right. I think that uh, his stock's never going to be higher. So, while you can, get out while the getting's good. Like, don't end up getting fired there. Right. Move on to the NFL. Uh, do that. I kind of hope that he they hire – uh, Rich uh, uh, Basikia. I don't Basaccia. even know. Basaccia. Yeah, I like him a so lot, especially from when he was here at the special teams with the Bucks on, on Gruden's staff. His and uh, daughter was friends with my brother, was friends with Scott in high school. Um, Scott? Actually, was friends with Scott in high school, my brother. And uh, he's supposedly a really, really good guy. Worked really, really hard. I mean, that's a, I, I think it would be cool if uh, if he got the job. I saw I saw some commentary on that and the, the fans love him and uh, the players he's a love great him. guy. I'm sorry, the players, yeah. But is he like is he that difference maker of a coach? Does he have I that mean, personality? I mean, he got him to the playoffs uh with a team that was, you know, considered a throwaway. So yeah, I, I mean for sure. I just don't but, know if he but it, I don't know. I mean, I mean, but a lot of being a good coach is doing hardball. a great job hiring, right? Yeah. You're not um, hiring him over Harbaugh for sure. Not well, Vegas. I saw an Splash interesting thing hires, um, like about Ohio State, and they've made some coaching changes this offseason, and basically like Ohio State circling the wagons, them being embarrassed with how this season turned out, then kind of being out for blood. So maybe maybe uh, Harbaugh goes out on a semi-high note and just, you know, hits the Probably. dusty trail because he knows what's what's coming. But I think that's that's the smart move. I don't think you want to go up against that, you know. Ohio State every year. So, right. Um, all right. Well, I don't think we have anything else. We went an hour. We didn't know what we were going to talk about, but we went an hour. So that's good enough for me. Shock. <laughs> all right. Thank you for interacting. Thank you for watching. Thank you for hanging out. Um, interact with us on social media. Please tell me all the things I was wrong about. I'm sure you'll do that. Um, just make sure I did have someone tell too. us we should do a, a segment where we let fans roast us, which I thought was. Hilarious. I feel like all our fans are Gator fans, and so I'm not here for that. They're just going to roast me. Who's roasting you? Who's roasting a mom of two sets of twins? Like, <laughs> nobody's doing that. 
married to a Gator athlete. Like, no, that's just all about. I mean, Florida it. fans have no issue. UCF fans have no issue. UCF fans are welcome to come in here and roast Alley. Like, I'm good with that. So, anyway, all right, we'll be back next week. Hopefully, talking about another Bucks win. But if not, whatever. I mean, at least we beat Duke. Maybe we'll have some new recruiting news or something. Maybe, maybe Miami will hire a coach. Over under is I, I'm saying. I mean, it's I'm not likely, but. Sure. Um, all right, cool. Not until we'll next talk year. <laughs> I mean, they got to hire somebody at oh, some point. Sorry. I told you my maybe, interview's tomorrow. Maybe, maybe we'll see. Well, good luck. Good luck. Thank Rick. you. I, hope I mean, you I'm get telling it. them no, but. hope you get the offer and say no. All right. We'll talk next week. See ya.